Welcome back to All the Small Takes, episode 97. Yes, we checked. It's episode 97. We're back like Notre Dame. We're back like Michael Jordan, 96. We're back. I couldn't be happier to be back with uh, John and Cooper after a long, long, long time away. Um, John, how are you doing? You're about to jump in. Yeah, I was. I was going to say we're back like Texas. Um, yeah, I'm about to actually back. <laughs> we're back, but, you know. We're back for <laughs> now. But who knows if we'll stay back? <laughs> who knows? The Sugar Bowl's a long time away from the regular season. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. How are you guys doing? Uh, some stuff has happened since we last got in these pod waves and talked. Just um, a few things. Just a few things personally, globally. Get a little bit less sleep now, um, but also more sleep. You know, just in the middle of the day, take more naps. <laughs> It's just a net loss on my, my end. Cooper, I don't know about you. It's just the same. Number two is really just not that much different from number one. It's just like... We're talking about the kids. extra kid. Yeah. Like, just clarification. Like we are talking about kids. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about human Cooper's beings. Cooper's going through a lot of very difficult things right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we all... Uh, I was talking we're, all, we're all dads now. We're all... <laughs> We're all dads. Very so. solid dads. Very solid dads. Yep. <laughs> and girl dads at that, too. Lady dads. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is, uh, it's good to be back um, for now, like Texas or Notre Dame. Notre Dame is more solidly back. I put us in the Notre Dame category of backness uh, more so than Texas. I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say that. Um, you can check us out on Twitter still. Maybe Cooper can get back on. Wait, that's uh, a thing. Duties. Yeah, you change the account, or is is that is the login? Still no, the I think the. Oh, I might have, but um, the website RIP. If you were that is gone, but our Twitter is still there. Uh, at small. Yeah, takes. really. It's probably going to get less listens from the people in Russia, as that was our main source of views and for our website. Website. Can't, can't forget and Canada. Canadians. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of RSS uh, subscribers from Canada. <laughs> Who was the? This is a big time callback. Remember the minor league baseball player? Wasn't he from Canada? Remember the guy? Oh, we we were at the minor league game in Indy. Yeah, and then we got got him to follow us back on Twitter. Wasn't he Canadian? Or am I making that up? No, there was a minor league baseball player, and there was a punter from USC. Oh, the, the USC punter who was on our Heisman hype train. <laughs> Yeah, it was what is the center fielder for the Indianapolis Indians? Because um, we all went to okay. that. Yeah. Yep. A long, long time ago. We're we're going on three years now. Um. Anyway, yeah, you can check us out on the internet. Just search all the small takes. Um, <laughs> Twitter, what Instagram, Facebook. It's in our uh, Twitter followers. I'll, we'll look the uh, punter from USC is still following us. Just confirmed. So we're still so, legit. Just nice. that out. So, he did graduate two years ago, but still legit. Is, is he in? Is he in the NFL? Um, was he in the uh, XFL? I mean, he was a a Heisman candidate. I'd be shocked if he wasn't in the NFL. He had the small takes bump. Put him on the big board. Real quick, um, he's not. This is not the uh, outfielder we were talking about for the Indians, but they, the Indianapolis Indians have an outfielder with the name of Socrates. Socrates Brito. Oh, I thought it was just one name, like Pele. No. Mm. Socrates. Okay. This is already going off the rails, um, <laughs> which is fine, because that's uh, it's going to go off the rails inevitably. Might as well start now. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we have a lot to catch up on. Uh, we're going to start, because obviously sports are not, not a thing right now, at least uh, most sports, although it's slowly coming back. We have Bundesliga soccer as of today. Uh, we also have, we had UFC, in case anyone cares. <laughs> I'm doing uh, mental yes. inventory of live sports. Um, esports, don't forget about the esports. Yep. Ooh, we've got, you can watch uh, video game racing. Was the 2K League? <laughs> yeah, wasn't, or, the, uh, wasn't like the Coach soccer, Dubs? the Premier League final like last night or something? It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like two days yeah. ago. I don't know. 
something like who that. could forget who could forget um, <laughs> so the point knows. is there's there's not much going on in the world of sports right now but there is uh there's been a like burst of content from this last dance documentary this is like buoyed the entire sports media ecosystem for the last like i guess now four weeks it's been airing um they drop two episodes every sunday it's like the only thing that they have to talk about um that's fresh and new and it does uh it's been an awesome documentary it's been super cool as i think like us having not grown up with uh like in the michael jordan era to see like truly what it was like and how dominant and like um universal he was but it sparked a lot of questions because there's one thing that we love to do it's compare eras that can't really be compared and uh start debates that can't really be answered um we're not going to talk about mj versus lebron because that's that's already been done but we do have some uh some debate questions that have popped up um so there's this thing I want to get your guys' perspective on, um, starting with just uh, how Jordan would fare in today's game, which which gets somewhat to LeBron versus MJ territory. But um, there's this school of thought out there that that says that like every once in a while you get the Twitter post that uh, what uh, we had a we have a, we have a I have a cameo appearance. Wow. Real quick, um, to dispute one of your earlier claims that we didn't grow up in the uh, the Michael Jordan era, I would I would like to point out that my earliest basketball memory is of a game played between one Michael Jordan and the Monstars, um, and that was <laughs> and that that has always been my reference point for the NBA. Um, that and a out of weight, um, out of weight, out of shape Charles Barkley. Um, out of weight and out of shape. <laughs> fun fact: Mrs. Mc, Mrs. McNacken had never seen Space Jam until I made her watch it like two weekends ago. So. Um, I don't know how it holds up. It's a. Are you kidding? It's an amazing. We're, <laughs> we're not going to go there. <laughs> oh, uh, no, are, you, are you are you ragging on Space Jam? I am ragging on Space Jam a little bit. When was the last time you watched it? I don't know. It's been a while. In a while, it's not. It's just not my cup of tea as far as sports movies go. What do you not like the Looney Tunes or something? Yeah, not. Yeah, just wasn't like that. Wasn't where my childhood, like, that wasn't what where uh, where I was. Are you like afraid of dogs? You don't like the dog. I was movie? for a while. Yeah. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it has. Hey. It has Bill Murray. It has Bill Murray, Michael Jordan, and the Looney Tunes. There's no other movie. The like LeBron that. one's better. Well, LeBron one. The LeBron, LeBron allegedly it? has it in it, or whatever. Pennywise. Pennywise the clown. I'm not. I don't know how they're planning on spinning this to the kids demographic, um, but uh, I don't think it's going to work. <coughs> or maybe um, it's just how Clay Thompson gets in. I don't know, but. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. <laughs> okay, so uh, Jordan, uh, in today's game. <laughs> um, okay, so people, LeBron stands specifically like to say that like Jordan played against a bunch of uh, like nobodies, um, which begs the question: How would Jordan fare in today's game? Which it's not, I don't think, a hot take to say that basketball today is is better in a different way, but it's it's better basketball. John's already uh, questioned me, so maybe we can go there. But how would how would Jordan, do you think Jordan would do as well, worse, better in today's game? John, you can you can go ahead since you like immediately questioned my premise. Um, that well, the, okay. Yeah. So I, I, in terms of like, I forget what it was that you said just then five seconds ago. Um, it's okay, it's late. <laughs> I didn't disagree with it. I didn't agree with it, but I mean, uh, I mean, he did play against the dream team guys. It wasn't like they played once in the Olympics to all together. And then they, you know, those guys left the NBA. I mean, he did play with all that. They were, they were good guys in the NBA in the nineties. Um, I think arguably better. My, my question is really, 
I don't think LeBron couldn't. I don't think Le, I don't think Michael Jordan would have an issue playing in the modern NBA. Like I mean, you know, zone what zone defense is a thing now, and it wasn't then or something. I don't know. I watched that Game of Zones episode, and it seemed to imply you couldn't play zone defense in the nineties. Um, but um, Mike, really, what I would be most interested in is how Michael Jordan would react to social media in the modern game, and how that would affect how he played and his teammates, because. If you're punching one of your teammates in the 90s, um, I don't know. Like, I don't think you would have a team. I think you would just murder his whole team right now. Like, you know, random guys going on Instagram in the middle of practice, you know, uh, assistant coaches that are just out, out to lunch. Um, that would be my, I think that would be, I think that would be maybe like the point where I think Michael Jordan would struggle in the modern NBA. But I think he would demolish um, most of the modern NBA players. Like, I don't think Kyrie Irving stands a chance. You know, I think he just goes home, eats his lunch out of a you know proper bag, cries, and then Michael Jordan wins again. There is something to be said for like how would he handle people critiquing him on social media? Because the documentary goes into the extent to which he like held grudges and even manufactured grudges to a point to like motivate mm-hmm. himself, like the. Um, the the rookie player that basically uh, scored 36 points on him one night and apparently he said good game Mike to him after and they played like a day later and he said I'm going to score that many points in the first half and he did and then he came out later and was like yeah he actually didn't say that to me I just like I, I didn't like the idea that this rookie was like was torching us um, so how w- yeah it's a good question of how he would handle Twitter eggs throwing like grenades at him it's hard, it's hard to think he wouldn't be able. He would be able to like tune that out. I think he's so frustrated with his teammates. But. Well, I think there are like two different ways of approaching this. I think we can think about it as like a physical basketball standpoint. I think it's fair to think that you know he might, in theory, do better than he did in the nineties. I mean, the game is definitively less physical. Mm-hmm. Um. He's not going to have to deal with you know bad boys Pistons like he did in the early '90s, uh, or even defenders like I don't know Barkley or anything like Karl Malone or players they had to face in the Jazz and things like that. So I mean, in that aspect, you could see him scoring more. The game's faster, so maybe he gets more fast break points. He was a decent three point shooter. Granted, the three point line was shorter. I think '95 through '98, something like that. Um, but so like in theory, maybe he scores more buckets that way, but the mental thing I think is super interesting. And yeah, I kind of agree with John. I just don't know how he responds to something like Twitter where, cause even though like he was scrutinized a lot as a player, he was probably the most popular athlete in the world at the time. Um, it's not the same spotlight that a player like LeBron goes, has to go through now. Where like literally, I mean, he's on some form of social like media probably every single day, and what he says or what he does is being analyzed and talked about, and that's not something that Jordan had to go through. So, the documentary gets into Jordan did I think go through the closest thing to social media that any player of that era could have. With they they get into like what happened that really drove him out of basketball for the first time with his dad passing away and then the the news stories that were really just like awful, like, and the coverage of his off the court stuff with gambling. Um, I think in that aspect, he would probably be better equipped for it than someone like Kyrie or KD. Um, Cause he, he seemed to like take that stuff and turn it into motivation. Like I mentioned versus like stewing on it and, and kind of like clapping back at least outwardly, he would take it inwardly and, and turn it into like fuel. I guess, or maybe you could even argue the reverse that it drove him away from basketball once. And you could say that it might be worse with social media. So what's to say like he even comes back, you know? Cause I think even yes, the attention that he received, I mean, you can see in the documentary was, you know, unfathomable compared to what, players at that time were seeing but still i just don't think it compares to what players have to go through today it can't there's just no way 
I, I think also there's something to be said about the attention span too. Like something that's a big deal now fades quickly, no matter what it is. You know, big political scandal happens here. I mean, unless something is persistent and literally happening every single day, it's not going to keep coming up. Um, I think there's some. I think that's. You know, like there is there's the heightened scrutiny, but at the same time, the this intensity also lags far far quicker than it did in the nineties. Um, and I I I I, I, not, I don't know how concerned I would be about him reacting on social media because there are NBA players that aren't active on social media. I don't know who they are. Right. I'm presuming there are some um, out there, or that do it in a different way. Like I don't know. Like I I think like JJ Redick. JJ Reddick's on the podcast, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. So I, I, there, there are people that take, there are NBA players who take much different approaches to social media and how they interact with fans. And I think he could fall into that. I just think that the attitude around the league, the attitude around the league is just so different from what it was in the 90s. And I, and I think that is what he would have an issue with. I'm not saying that like people are softer now than they were then. I'm just saying that basketball is not necessarily the thing every NBA player shows up to practice on his mind with all the time. Uh Um, And I think that's way more prevalent in the modern NBA than it was in the 90s NBA. I think that's fair. And to bring it back to the original point, I think he he would absolutely figure out a way to be as dominant as he was in that era um, in the current era. He would, he would spend an entire summer shooting three pointers and he would become a lights. Like he was already a a very good shooter. He would learn to shoot with like in, within a new offense within the way offense runs today. He also like, I think the, the footage from this documentary has shown a lot of people who didn't get to watch him as prime, just how like athletically gifted he was like, Oh yeah. The, the, the element of body control that he had, and like the um, the defensive intensity that he had too, I think he would like. I think defensively, um, and this was goes for that whole Bulls team too. I think like something that doesn't get talked about a lot with those teams is just how like relentless they were defensively between Pippen, Jordan, Rodman um, in the second stretch. I think defensively he would be like in a league of his own, like with Kawhi in that like class of like top tier. NBA player because they they just there's not that much focus put on team defense in the NBA anymore. I'm I don't know maybe it's just like because I fall into the Nick Wright J Williams camp of this where I probably watch this documentary with some sort of disdain because I go into it with like already having a negative experience because I know this is all like impacting LeBron negatively but. I have a really hard time watching, and it's not so much this documentary because you don't get full clips of the gameplay, but like when you go back and watch like full clips of 90, like just like it doesn't have to be full clips, just like a couple minutes of like nonstop action in a game where it's not just highlights. I have a hard time watching games from the 90s and not being like the game is so much faster now. It's not even close. Like the pace of play. Or just like defensive switches are so much faster than they were in it, like 30 years ago. I get that same feeling when I watch like, because they're showing like games from like the early 2000s on Sundays on ESPN. Like they've been doing that. Like they're just choosing games to show. Right. So like I was watching, I think Lakers versus Spurs. And it was just like the game is so much faster now. So like I have a hard time. Michael Jordan was so far ahead of his like competition athletically at that time. But I don't know if that means he's going to be so far of his competition athletically now. No, I think athletically, it's it's pretty hard to argue that the league hasn't gotten more athletically gifted. Um, but I think he still would be in that top, like top, top elite tier of athleticism. And I think the defensive energy and the defensive like focus would be like a game changer for him the way it is for Kawhi Leonard. Like Kawhi, I think him and Kawhi, like Kawhi might be the the closest modern day parallel that we have to Jordan in terms of like both ends of the floor, in terms of like kind of the, the physicality of his game. And Kawhi, like I think he would be as good, if not better, than Kawhi. And Kawhi is one of the best five players in the league. 
Yeah, you know, when you um, say that, and you're talking about the NBA, you have to you have to supply the other four players because if you listen to sports commentators, there are like 90 top five players in the NBA. Yeah, um, that's fair, <laughs> I, and I, I'm guilty of that. I mean, I think like Giannis, LeBron. Um, that's three. I put. So I'll, two I'll probably, well, I, I, maybe Kawhi. Kawhi probably is uh, like a healthy KD. Um, okay. Assuming he comes back. Who's the last one? And we haven't had NBA basketball in like two months. This is hard for me. This five. Five players in the league right now. Um, I know I'm missing someone obvious. Well, Anthony Davis. I mean, he's Anthony Davis. You could say Steph Curry because of his three-point ability. You could argue Russell Westbrook or James Harden. Um, oh, Har- Harden would be, I guess. Ugh. Michael Jordan would eat James Harden's lunch. I would, I would, I would pay to watch uh, Michael Jordan put the clamps on James Harden and just like and completely um, dominate him. I'd love to watch Michael Jordan dominate Kevin Durant. That'd be great. Um, that would be but this is what i'm saying that would be such a tough match this is how much the nba has changed that would be such a tough matchup for michael jordan well, michael jordan was six NBA, foot six kevin we, durant is like seven foot six, eight <laughs> are we are we putting michael jordan in the modern nba or right now are we putting kevin durant in the 90s nba because the I question think, is oh, putting, kevin durant not survived the 90s yeah no, no it's yeah, I, think, jordan, I think that's jordan today I think that's the big question. I think I think LeBron would have his issues in the '90s NBA, just like we talked about how Michael Jordan might have his issues in the modern NBA. I don't think either one is necessarily going to just obliterate the other side, but I would, you know, I mean, we're not we're not doing the I agree with that. Yeah, this, yeah. And this is the issue with comparing eras. Um, we've gone a little bit longer on this one. I know we had other questions. One thing that stuck out to me though, before we move on, there there was a lot of chatter before the documentary came out about. This is going to show that Jordan, like the side of Jordan that maybe not everyone has seen or may love about him as a, as a teammate. I've been underwhelmed in that regard. And um, he has, like, this is his production company that's putting this out. So it's not going to show him being, like, at his worst. But they do, like, delve into that a little bit. Um, do you guys think he was a bad teammate? I don't have any evidence that he was a bad teammate. I mean, he made his teammates better. Like, he pushed guys, and, they, you know, there's all this stuff about how he was crazy and, you know, didn't didn't have any patience for anyone, and he would, wasn't giving 100% effort, and he would just... Basically, like, he would he was Jimmy Butler all the, that last practice with the Timberwolves, but all the time. Um, <laughs> and it's a very good analogy. I mean, but, I mean, a lot of his teammates love him, so... I don't. I don't know if that actually bears out. Yeah, I mean, I'd love my teammate too if he won me six NBA championships. What's well, what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. it's like, I think I would give him a lot of leeway. But I guess they're not. What they're not showing are the teammates that like didn't handle it well and like well, didn't yeah, like last the, through those those runs. What What did he say in like the first episode? Like the circus of cocaine or whatever. The the 1982. Bulls, the er- players, yeah, like they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the guys yeah. that got kicked off the team or didn't survive. <laughs> I mean, I think everyone's going to talk about. I mean, the like obviously punching Steve Kerr in the face during a practice, or you know, getting into a fight with Magic and Chuck during the Dream Team practices. Even though the documentary kind of portrays that as Magic really instigating that fight. Um, and kind of just egging Jordan on a little bit, but I'm, to me, the thing that's most shocking, I think watching the documentary was the whole, what Pippen and Jordan did to Tony Kukoc in the Olympics. Yes. Who had just been drafted by the bulls. And I just, cause my first reaction watch it, like LeBron wouldn't have done. There's no way LeBron would have gone up, you know, hugged him, welcome him, and then destroyed him on the court. But it wouldn't have been like, no you know, no hard feelings. Good. And Jordan and Pippen are like destroying him purposefully. And he's a 22 year old kid playing team USA in the Olympics. Like, I don't know. LeBron would have posted on Instagram afterwards, like something like young King. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, I mean, I, and there's that moment at the end of, I think it was episode seven, where it almost seems like Jordan has this realization of like the costs of winning, like they, that it came at the cost of him being perceived by some of his teammates and be perceived publicly as this really like difficult guy at times. Um, yeah. But like to the point, like teammates that are speaking glowingly of him are the ones that won three, four. I mean, I guess I don't know how many of them were there for the entire. Pippen was the only one. I think that really spanned both Pippen. like yeah. three, three beats. Um, also, I can listen to Scotty Pippen talk all day about anything. Same. He has this like, yep, agreed. This, this baritone <laughs> voice. It's beautiful. Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas, I, that's right. The whole price, the last thing I'll say, price, the price of winning thing I think is interesting to me because you compare it, like he was so successful during his career, and then I just think about how that so clearly has not translated to what he is doing now. Oh, you mean like yeah, making as, the as an owner? Good? Yeah, I mean, he runs possibly one of the most you know, unsuccessful franchises in the NBA. They got to be, you know, they're in that bottom tier. Mm -hmm. And so why that doesn't translate for him. And granted, he is very successful in almost all of his other ventures, it seems like, right? Like, I mean, Jordan Brand, all that stuff. Sure. But why that doesn't translate, I would, I mean, that's just kind of something I would love to explore or see them talk about. They're not going to because that's not what the documentary is about. But yeah, that's that's yeah. the question I wanted to ask was who do we think would be a better NBA owner? And I know there's not a lot of like evidence for it, but LeBron versus Michael Jordan. And I think there's a decent case to be made that you know I LeBron. I, I look at LeBron and I go, well, you know, recruiting players, talking to guys, bringing guys in, building like. You know, getting the best guys. I see him going out, whining and dining people, and being like, "Look, you can be like me." In a way, like putting his arm around someone and saying, "You can be like me. We can win here." In a way that I don't think Michael Jordan would ever do. But at the same time, I could also see LeBron being the owner sitting on the front row, going, "Hey, take that shot." You know, what what are you doing? Like, why why are you running this play? Like, Here, just give me the clipboard. Um, and being the ultimate, uh, the ultimate Jerry Jones. You know. So I don't know. That, that's that, an interesting that's question. What I, that's what I'm interested in. I think LeBron has the advantage of having been much more of like a team architect, an active team architect in his tenure, with like the Cavs especially. Um, mm-hmm. Like I think he, whereas actually the documentary with Jordan goes into the fact that he was part of his like issue was that Jerry Krause was the architect and like making decisions that were very much against as well. So in that regard, I do actually think LeBron is better. Like, it's an impossible question to answer, but like LeBron seems better positioned to take on that kind of like ownership GM um, basketball operations role. Yeah, I think I think LeBron understands other basketball players better than Michael Jordan does, or at yeah, least that's has a very good way that. to put it. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I don't know if LeBron will become an owner. Um, I assume he would want to, but I don't know. It's, yeah, it seems like that's like uh, that. That doesn't seem inconceivable by inc- inconceivable by any means. Uh, I mean, he's going to be playing uh, for twenty more years. He's going to play with Bronny Junior. Exactly. Well, he's going to own a team. He's going to be coach, owner, coach, owner, general manager, star player, coach, owner, player, all of it. I mean, that's just do that's it. how you that's how you break the all time hits record. You know. <laughs> I get the scoring record. You keep putting yourself in the game. You, know? <laughs> you keep batting lead off. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on to the other, the only other major sporting, like live sports, and I use like air quotes to say that thing that happened since uh, sports were all put on collective pause, and that's the NFL draft. Uh, maybe the most watched probably was the most watched NFL draft of all time. It I don't was. have like, yep. It was. Can't okay. confirm. Um, and this was a uh, lot to digest and we can by no means do that here, but we're going to do uh, one up, one down. So just one thing, one thing you liked, one thing you didn't like, or one team or one pick or uh, one area of the draft that you didn't like. And we'll, uh, we'll start with our downs and we'll go to our ups and we'll, we'll, we'll bounce around. So we'll start with uh, John. 
Why don't you give us your down from the NFL draft? Hey, down. <laughs> this is uh, this is pretty hard. Um, I I don't like draft. It felt like we drafted five wide receivers. Um, we made it. Was we the Eagles? The Eagles. We may have drafted no wide receivers because I don't think any of them are going to be good. Yeah, well, we drafted um, sprinters. Are you, counting, we drafted. are you counting Jalen Hurts as one of those wide receivers? Oh, Jalen Hurts is going to be, uh, what's his face? Um, guy for the Saints. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill, that's who he's going to be. Situational. Actually, no. He's going to be a career starter for the Eagles in games 14, 15, and 16 uh, every year. <laughs> um, and then potentially for the playoffs. <laughs> so... <laughs> Or if we expand, if we get to that 18th game and you're only allowed to play, or sorry, yeah, 17th or 18th regular season game and you're only allowed to play 16, boom, plug in Jalen Hurts there. Howie Roseman thing he had. No, I, the, the Eagles, uh, I don't know. I don't know if Doug, I, my philosophy with the Eagles has been to trust Doug Peterson because he seems to be a coach very much in the mold of Andy Reid who will build an offense to suit his players instead of just trying to take guys and shove them into holes. So if he was in the room, when they drafted all these wide receivers, then it's like, all right, I trust them. But if Howie Roseman is trying to outsmart himself again, like he did when we drafted that rugby guy to be a left tackle or something who may or may not be starting this year because we let our all-pro left tackle go, um, then I'm a little more concerned. And so my down is I think, we, I think we needed wide receivers. I don't know if we needed this many, and I don't understand how we didn't get any of the wide receivers that I actually knew in college football because <laughs> there were a lot. <laughs> there were a lot. Um, and we didn't draft any of those guys. Uh, we drafted other people. So we'll see. Yeah. So the most notable one was uh, the guy from TCU that, that picked up the first round, Rieger. Yeah. Rieger. Yeah. Jalen. Jalen Rieger. He seems nice. Um, you know, it's, I just like would have rather had the guy from LSU. Je- you know? Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I watched him. Des- I watched him destroy future NFL players in the national championship game, and you know that would be nice. I mean, the NFL is like it's like a cliche, but it's a copy copycat league, and it seems like every team is trying to to emulate the Kansas City Chiefs model of super fast, maybe well, not you- like the most physical wide receivers. The problem with that line of thinking is not every team in the NFL has a quarterback who can throw the ball ninety yards. Yeah. On the run. Or sitting down. Very good point. Patrick Mahomes is uh, like once in a generation quarterback. A freak of nature. Yeah. He's great. He's great. Okay. So John's down was the Eagles drafts. Uh, Cooper, what's your down? All right. Um, so the Bengals were obviously like a spotlight in the draft. And I don't think necessarily they did bad, but my down is definitely Zach Taylor's office setup. It's very bad. It looks like he was staying at like a courtyard or something. Like he was in a hotel for sure. (laughs) Turns out it was actually his home, but it looked bad. Yeah, like an enterprise rent a car. (laughs) (laughs) There was one guy who had a mask on while he was drafting from his like office (laughs) in his house. It was like, what's going on there? The 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 draft setups were an overall up. This is just like a collective up. This oh yeah, mine. overall it was like, awesome getting to see people like with their families and things like that and having fun with it. But Zach Taylor, man, you gotta do better. It was bad, especially when, looked... like. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was to say Zach Taylor gets compared like he's in that like class of like young kind of like offensive minded uh, coach. Yeah. Like Cliff Kingsbury was in like Maybe this a little extravagant, too much. yeah, the complete other end of the spectrum. No, Zach Taylor. The first thing when I saw his office, I was like, he's not planning on being here next year. <laughs> <laughs> he has not invested in that space whatsoever. Oh, <laughs> uh, sad but true. Very true. Like Bruce Very Arians true. is like outside, like on like a pool patio, I think. Which is the most Bruce Arians thing ever. Out in the bay. Yep. Um, 
Okay. We can't all be we can't all be drafting from our what yachts or houseboats out out on the Cape or wherever. <laughs> yeah, the heck. Jerry Jones, two hundred fifty million dollar yeah. yacht or whatever it is. <laughs> um, can't can't pay Dak though. Can't pay Dak. Uh, um, uh, that's actually I'm gonna I'm gonna get to my up. I'll I'll we'll stick it back around. So my down was the haters because uh, Roger Goodell just. Uh, <laughs> Like tried to lean into the uh, booing let's thing. Hear let's, yep. let's hear it. Let's let's hear it. Just tried to tried to. Uh, there was really like uh, like you couldn't even hate on Roger Goodell for how uncomfortable it was because I was uncomfortable for him at moments. Like as he just like gradually like shifted positions in his basement from like standing to sitting in a chair and then like turning around to the like weird camera setup that had all the fans on it. Yeah. Um, so the Roger haters that like usually come out for the draft and boo him and just like rain down on him, those those were down. My up though was going to be the Cowboys and it is the Cowboys. Um, I know these words are going to come back. Like I'm going to I'm going to end up like cold takes exposed on this, but their offense should be ridiculous next year, right? Like yeah, their offense should be year. insane. Yeah, with um, sure. yeah. No, with um, I'm blanking on it's late. Amari Who's Cooper and Steve. No, and the, and the receiver they draft, not Rugs, because he went first. This guy fell to them. Hold on. Oh my gosh, the guy from, play he's from Oklahoma. This is he's so bad. CD Lamb. Why can't Kenny? There Stills. we go. Kenny Stills. CD Lamb. Kenny Stills. <laughs> I only remember the school. Yep. No, you you, you got me. Most D.D. Of Westbrook. Hollywood. Uh, Hollywood. Hollywood. <laughs> I was just gonna say how <laughs> uh, No, I, th- I mean that's like a steal for the Cowboys to get him at that position in the draft. I think a lot of people thought that he should have been the first wide receiver taken off the board. Um, and I think like between like you you mentioned um, Cooper Amari uh, Cooper and C Lamb and then Ezekiel Elliott, like that offense should be great. And I know they're still gonna end up scoring like. 17 points a game and going 8-8 eight and eight in the NFC East. And the Eagles will win the division 9-7. have a new offense this year. You never know. Yeah, Kellen Moore is still the offensive coordinator, right? Yeah. For the next coach that went so well yeah, last year. He is, yeah. but I would imagine that offense gets retooled a lot with McCarthy there. I don't remember. They actually like have a different head coach this year, which might actually make a dramatic improvement for them. Yeah, but That is true. It's Mike a good reminder McCarthy? there. It's better than Jason Garrett for the. It could be better than Jason around. Garrett. I think it's better. about time could we at least see. Yeah. The Marvin Garrett or uh, Marvin Lewis uh, like theory. I, I mean, you combine their names almost perfectly. Marvin Garrett. Marvin, Marvin Garrett. <laughs> okay. I wanted to ask you. Uh, Did you guys notice the giant glass like vase of candy behind Roger Goodell? That kept getting lower and lower and lower without. Well, no, it was like it was like pads. It was it, it was it's those uh, those fruit candies. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Pez. Pez, yeah. Well, yeah. When like not the not the pez that you shoot out, but it's like you know they've got a, like a banana candy and they've got like a oh runts, runts, yeah, runts. It was all full of runts, and I was like, <laughs> I've never seen that many runts in my life. You know, <laughs> who eats? Funny all story. Runs? Um, I had a coworker who ordered a uh, like bulk thing of runts and thought they would come in like packaging, but no, it was just a like cardboard box, like a, a three by three cardboard box of runts. <laughs> anyway, that's insane. It's, it's a tangent. You, that's the most runts I've ever seen in my life. Wow, well, a lot of runts. Um, you guys, uh, you guys got your ups for the NFL draft? Yeah, we're snaking, right? So Cooper's up. Yeah, we're snaking. Yeah, I so. I think Bill Belichick is the biggest winner of the NFL draft for the same reason that Zach Taylor was my biggest or my down. Bill Belichick's setup was dope. Just having his dog draft for him. Loved it. Clearly just like didn't care at all about the draft. And I think is not really caring too much about the season. I'm very down on the Patriots, Jeff. Their off season moves are looking kind of, Questionable. They're going into their season with Jarrett Stidham as their starting quarterback. Oh, Belichick's having his dog draft his team, which ends up with weird picks like a controversial kicker being picked in the fifth round and yeah. Yeah, yeah, trading yeah. Gronkowski instead of for a seventh round pick instead of possibly like OJ Howard or just, you know, 
whatever. Okay. If you think that the Patriots could have gotten OJ Howard for, I wasn't going to go here, but since you did, if you think the Patriots could have gotten OJ Howard for Gronk, that's, that's yes, I do. Yeah, but you just the Bucks no already way. have the yeah, Buccaneers no have great. They now have Gronk. Why do they also need OJ Howard? It's like okay, Buccaneers. Here's the deal. I'll give you a fifth round pick and Gronk for OJ Howard, who has underperformed the past two years. Or really, th- I think three years. He's been down the league for three years. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, they could have gotten OJ Howard. They didn't try. Yeah, no, but the, the, the because Bucs- if you ask for OJ Howard and they go no, and you go great, uh, Gronk's not playing. Then who cares? You know. <laughs> but no, the Patriots were in a bind with Gronk though because they. I mean, they were gonna take. Like, he could have basically forced their hand and made them like take that money against the cap. So they they did have to move him, and you know what? If they get like a seventh round pick for Rob Gronkowski, who's well out of his prime, and a they year can removed, draft from- the next Tom Brady. There it is, there perfect. Yeah, exactly. It. Seventh round pick, most famous seventh, seventh round, round pick. Of all time. No, I literally think Belichick is just like purposely throwing the talent on the offseason. He's like, give me the worst possible team possible because I'm no. going to show everyone that I can win with the worst no. team ever assembled yep. in the history of the NFL. That's what he's this doing. Increase the, the level of Belichick, difficulty. You get more points that way. That's he has never been speed. like he has never been a flashy drafter. Their favorite thing to do is to trade out the first round, which they did again this year. Like he has a plan, and I trust his plan, and I actually trust. Um, yeah, the plan worked too. last year when they had John and myself running around as wide receivers. Yeah. Don't forget uh, Antonio Brown for that one week. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, John, what's your what's your up on the NFL draft? My up on the NFL draft um, is that it's over. Um, no, I actually I actually enjoyed <laughs> wow. it quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. Um, um, I did like how the players were in their homes. I think that's way better than watching them in a green room. Um, I just thought this was a such a better idea for the draft. Like I get that you want to have it at a site and you want to have fans cheering and, you, and Roger Goodell wants to walk out on the stage. But I actually think this is amazing moving forward. This idea, because you get, you know, you go out to all these players' houses, you put in the cameras, you get to see their families, you get to see, like the one guy had his grandfather pass away or whatever and they had someone up the whole time. You had like the, the lady, the guy whose grandmother dropped an F-bomb or something. Um, was he drafted by the Eagles? I forget. I think, I think maybe. Um, no, 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 I think Detroit or something. I don't know. Um, but I, I think it was great for actually showing me who the players are because it's like after the first, you know, you, you know the quarterbacks, maybe you know the wide receivers, maybe you know a D lineman, but you, most of these guys that get drafted, maybe you know some running backs, but most of the guys that get drafted early are like O linemen and stuff that people don't really know that most NFL fans aren't you know necessarily aware of. And I thought it was neat to be able to actually kind of see him in their home environment and be like, oh, that guy doesn't look like a total scumbag, even though he went to, you know, Alabama or wherever. Um, so I thought that was nice. Mm-hmm. They're Bose headphones, strategically placed. Strategically placed. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, so, John, the NFL draft is over. So It is. You can be the king happy, with, happy with Longer that. The king. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but we've been in quarantine for the last like two months as a as a country, and uh, in lieu of anything else to talk about, because we've exhausted, we've 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 drained the two wells, last dance and the NFL draft. Um, we're gonna do a fire four, our favorite segment of all time, on quarantine activities, and uh, let's snake this as well, and let's do it. Um, in what order do we want to do it? Birthdays of our most recent children? Sure, let's do that. Our best sporting events to happen on our children's birthdays. Power rank the sporting events that can happen. Oh, no, I was saying, like, just to determine the order. So I think it would, it would go Cooper, it would go Cooper, me, John, and then Snake it back. Or what around. if I go last? Sure. Sure. Okay, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I have to go first? While you're eating whatever you're eating. Goodness gracious. Trumps. Are we bringing this back where we're just going to eat in front of the microphone? <laughs> <laughs> you got to brush up on our podcast etiquette. <laughs> just, it's just peanuts and raisins. Um. 
Okay, I'll start since John is clearly not not ready. No, I'm sorry. Um, no, that's okay. Yeah. Finish your snack. Finish your snack, man. You would think during quarantine we would have figured out how to like or what not to do on video calls. You like just think that calls. would have happened. Are you guys on video calls all day? A little bit. That'd be nice. Not <laughs> my line of work. But the anti fire four is uh, forgetting to hit mute on your uh, audio or video yeah. call like, working from home. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we'll yeah. just leave it there. Leave it at that. Uh, all right. I'll start. Um, fire four of quarantine activities. Number one, keep this off the board. Rewatching old games. I know that. I'm a, yep. I know. I know. Cooper's upset. I dispute it. It's not a quarantine activity. I do that all the time, regardless. Mm. Okay, but all these things we do all the time, we're just doing more of them. Like, you're, I could say, like, objection. sustain the objection. <laughs> Sustained? Yep. So I got to come up with Move something on. new. Um, new number one. Well, th- no, that's okay. Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> then I'll, I'll, I'll augment it slightly to something I've only been doing during quarantine rewatching old sports losses. So. Ooh. We would like to go back and, and watch our like most like happy moments with our teams. John's flashing a Super Bowl t-shirt right now. We've done that before. We did that before quarantine. Early in quarantine, I decided I was going to expose myself to some pain. And I went back and rewatched the 2015 Elite Eight, Notre Dame versus Kentucky. Oh, and then talk about I, those. Talk about the Patriots watched, losing. And then I watched the highlights from... Uh, us, uh, Notre Dame against Clemson and Stanford in 2015, the greatest Notre Dame team of um, our lifetime that went 10 and 2. And uh, I've just been like leaning into the pain a little bit. And so that's been my like, number one quarantine activity if I can't say that I've just been rewatching games. Any objections? No, no but 20- that's sick. I'm borderline worried about you. I know. The 2015 Elite Eight still like. Have you been like me. mainlining 21 pilots or something? Also, yeah, I feel like I need to drive up to Columbus and check on you. I got like legitimately sad for a day after watching the 2015 Elite Eight because Notre Dame could have beaten that so undefeated Kentucky team. That was the best yeah. Notre Dame basketball team we'll ever see. Like Notre Dame basketball has an insurmountable um, hill to climb in terms of recruiting, in terms of like the conference, that was like a, just like perfect constellation of, of players and like, like circumstances for them to make the final four. It won't ever happen again. And that was it. Yeah. Captain Pat. That's it. I need, mm-hmm. I need help. Um, Ooh. anyway, that's, Gosh, that's my did number you just one. cough without moving your lips? That was, that was, uh, I know, I know. Mrs. Agar. <laughs> um, John, I think you're up next. Cooper's going to go last. He said, Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> give me a second. I'm gonna choke. We're not releasing this. <laughs> Go in the in the lost tapes. No, we can do this. All right. Okay. So, um, fire for. Thanks to do during quarantine. Um, number one, uh, reading the Lord of the Rings to my daughter. That's been pretty dope. Doesn't um, doesn't really sit through more than um, three pages unless it's right before nap time, in which case she conks off. <clears throat> Excuse me, conks off a little bit. I think that was an almond, maybe a cashew. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> that's number one. Number two uh, has been not binge watching psych that's been a lot of fun the uh the missus and i watch an episode or so at night together and that's actually been very nice so the you're you're against binge watching you're watching it at a very responsible pace very responsible pace you know okay um only to the point of hilarity you know not to the point of drunkenness uh then um carpentry is probably number three uh, we built and stained a bench and also a bookcase. Um, uh, we painted the bookcase um, so far. Um, that's been fun. And then uh, number four is betting on Cat WrestleMania. 
Um, so the the, the the cat boys will will normally do two bouts a day. Um, generally, generally one in the one in the morning, sometime maybe around breakfast, maybe a little bit before, and then one in the evening, closer to when the missus and I are headed to sleep. Um, and it's always exciting to see who gets the upper hand. Um, but the best is when they start to move in slow motion, like in uh, the Lion King. You know, that's pretty <laughs> yes. dope. Uh, who uh, who's the like? presumptive favorite well you'd think it'd be dante because he's actually got about two pounds on vader um but uh vader actually by far the more live and more able he's older you know he's got about a year maybe a year the and a wily half, veteran he's been better yeah, on, the on the block a time or two. Oh yeah he's also really good um dante's go-to move for fighting too once he gets the advantage is actually to flop on his back um he's kind of more of a more of an developer guy he's a grappler yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a grappler, and that, that doesn't really work that well. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So. You're going to have to uh, share some of these um, UFC fights, yeah, steel cage might, matches. I mean, we might start live streaming it, you know. Yeah. Castlemania uh, I mean, 1. Yeah. Live streams are, like, in right now with just, like, stuff going on at home. That's, like, the new, the new sports content. Okay. Um, Okay, Cooper, since John just did all four of his, let's just do all four of yours. And I'll come oh, I'm back sorry. And do... I wasn't paying attention. To no, it's okay. Yeah, that's that was more... total nonsense. That's a more efficient <laughs> way to do this anyway. Which I mean, I kind of, to be totally honest, my AirPods died. I missed out on, like, numbers two and three, but jumped in at four. was really shocked that John was still talking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and totally at a loss of what to say. Building furniture was going to be one of mine because I built so many pieces of furniture uh it's insane but whatever i have four other ones reading would be probably number one. Oh, i already said that did you really no reading you said loud? you said reading, reading out loud, loud. no reading, reading to myself because <laughs> okay I you better read. stay in this objection john no honest honest I'm not, i don't I'm not read sure during the school year I'm certainly not reading. Disclosure. I'm not reading <laughs> Lord of the Rings to my kid. That's insane. Why not? I'm not, I'm not that learned. So we just, uh, just <laughs> let's let's be clear. I'm reading a book meant for like preteens, so and going through it rather slowly. Probably well, more that would slowly be. than you are uh, with Lord of the Rings with your daughter, because our attention spans of me and your daughter are probably about equal. Um, Harry Potter. I'm reading Harry Potter because why not? You know, rereading it. Actually, let's clarify. Um, okay, so that'd be number one. Number two would be responding to digital communication, which is also something I do not do outside of quarantine. <laughs> Does that mean like text messages, text emails, messages, emails, emails, yo, things like that? Yeah, the Yo app. Yeah. Yelp, typically Yelp things. Reviews. Typically things that I refused to do uh, before quarantine, but are now kind of necessary. Um, so that would be there. Embarrassingly, number three would be watching videos on gaming because I'm now bored with video games. So now I watch videos on how to make Wait, them interesting. Do you um do you have Minecraft? No. That was going to be an honorable mention for me. Uh, is, is Minecraft? You've been crafting some mines. Should I get into Minecraft? You should get into Minecraft. It'd be should so dope. We get into Minecraft. We should get we should get into Minecraft. We should get into Apex. We should do both of them. <laughs> John's been trying to get us into Apex like since our junior year of college. Are we going to have a Twitch? We can have a Twitch. I think yeah. we have to. As a, as a sports Twitch. media outlet, we small do need uh, all, the, all, all the small Twitches. <laughs> I think John and I, could, John and I could... <laughs> John and I could sustain a Twitch, I think. I think we could. Uh, yeah, I still haven't caved in and bought a system yet. Well, maybe if our Twitch following gets big enough, we can buy you one. Yeah. yeah, and I can just, be, I can just up suck at everything we play. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, number four. Bin- I know binge-watching shows was kind of a thing before quarantine, but we're now binge-watching movies. Like, uh. binge-watching movie series. Like, we went through the Harry Potter, doing Star Wars, one did the Marvel movies. What you know, order are you watching? Binge-watching movies. I was thinking about doing them in order. The problem is convincing. What do you mean in order? Convincing yeah, Olivia true. that she wants to actually watch them. That's going to be our biggest hurdle. Honestly, if I can just put them on the screen in any order, I take that as a huge win. 
Well, you should exclude. It's very important to note that episode eight is not actually a Star Wars movie. Um, that does not count. Um, so instead, wow. you should watch That's... episode nine twice. That's proper. <laughs> we'll probably do them in the order that I like them the most. So it'll probably be so just Rogue One over and over and over again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so good. So no, I was sad. thinking so good. episode one. Phantom Menace would be my first one. This uh, is my remember, favorite movie. Do you remember the, the Pepsi No, I'm just kidding. That movie is atrocious. No, do you, do you remember like all the promos for episode yes. one? They were amazing. Yes. So good. I remember seeing it in theaters. Okay, anyways. Yeah. Those are my four. Well, what, 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 four? Which one do you watch first? Which movie do I watch first? No, actually, yeah. seriously, I'd go in the like number order. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'd sprinkle in Rogue One before, before four, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And what then about, Solo. What Solo? Uh, I don't know about Solo. Solo you could skip. Yeah. Yeah. Solo you watch it before one as like we a know while you're cooking dinner. I'm watching then... Solo strictly for the Donald Glover experience. So I'd probably watch that before four as well. Young Lando. Young King. Yeah. Donald Glover and Woody Harrelson. Great. Okay. So, Cooper, just to recap your four more time. Uh, reading, responding to digital communication, uh, embarrassingly watching videos on gaming, uh, and binge-watching movies. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll do mine quickly. My number one, as I mentioned, was watching uh, losses, rewatching losses by my favorite teams because I hate myself. Uh, number two, I've been listening to full albums, like uh, albums that I just like, never gave time to. In the past, uh, most the one that's like stuck with me, and I'm mad at myself I haven't had a list to do sooner was my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, Kanye West, uh, and that one hits near and dear to Cooper's heart. Um, mm. The album's ridiculously good. I I'd only like listened to the singles. So um, number three, what about Thunder Road. Is the Thunder How, Road yet? Is that Bruce Springsteen? Sounds like a Bruce, Bruce Springsteen, Springsteen album. Yeah. Yeah. Is it really? <laughs> um, okay, I'll check that one out. I mean, I, I have all this time at home now, like working from home, so I just like crush albums. And the Kanye one has been the one that I've gone back to the most. Uh, number three, I've been on Twitch watching people game. Does that fall too close? Yeah, to the that's numbers? no, but yeah, I'll accept it. I no, feel okay. No. Now we're cutting it. Uh, <laughs> It's a Sol- Solomonian the, uh, thing. The bottom of the barrel here. Um, I've been baking, and I, this, this this should hold because I really was not doing this before quarantine. I've been I've been doing tons of baking. I love to bake. <laughs> I get so baked. So baked. <laughs> uh, oh, chocolate Steve chip cookies. The Napoleon of crime. <laughs> um, number four, number four, number four, number four. Uh, All right. Silence. Yeah. Very nice. I got nothing. Um, It's not bad quarantines, Ben. I've been not thinking of um, things to answer this with. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Have you been getting your hair No, I haven't been doing that. Oh, 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 okay. Great, great one, John. Um, I've been trying to grow facial hair. Oh, like giving it like a re- giving it like a real chance. Yeah, I gave it like a month's worth of time, which is not something I would have done non quarantine because like I have to go to work and Cannot. look like a presentable person. Um, so I tried growing facial hair for like a month, and then forces beyond my control uh, dictated that it needed to come off. Forces beyond my control shut it down after a fortnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that night of the long knives. The long night. <laughs> yeah, the long night. Um, okay, uh, let's do our waste of data and finish up. It's 11 p.m. Eastern time. John, I know it's 10 o'clock your time. Best time. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But, don't disclose um, that. Don't disclose that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we just revealed John's location to a time zone. <laughs> well, I'm approximately oh, no. time zone behind you. <laughs> John, for that, you get to go first with your waste of data. 
My waste of data, my waste of data is Stephen A. Smith. Um, Always. For calling out Bryce Harper for talking about not wanting to do salary sharing or something. I don't know. All these people fighting about sports coming back, uh, that's really the general topic. Um, like, I know we're a sports podcast and all, but there are people who are like dying on the hill of sports have to come back. And then people dying on the hill of sports can never come back um, or should never come back. Um, and there was a good article, there was an interesting article in the Washington Post about we ha- how we have too many, too much sports now. And maybe we do. Um, but um, I just don't get, like, why, why are you telling Bryce Harper and Blake Snell to shut their mouths for saying that they don't want to get into a situation with the baseball owners who have stiffed free agents two years in a row about, you know, revenue sharing? Like, it's like, I don't, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are we doing out here, man? Come on, man. Yeah. No, like, the, uh, the baseball labor thing is, um, like, usually there's, like, a you can see both sides of it. Like, this is just, like, the owners have straight up walked back on their word and what they agreed to a month ago or six weeks ago or whenever, like, they agreed on kind of, like, a plan for the season regardless of what happens with the pandemic. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's frustrating to see so many, like, sports media folks trying to blame the players for it. Yeah, uh, Cooper, what's your waste of data? Yeah, so I'm, to be honest, I want to pick Jalen Rose just because, like, I think Jalen Rose is the opposite of me. Whereas I negatively view the Last Dance. Jalen Rose loves the Last Dance because I think Jalen Rose would rank LeBron as like the twentieth best player of all time, which is just absurd. Um, but I'm actually not going to pick him. I'm going to pick Shaq. Uh, because Shaq made that comment. I think that was this week, this past week, about how the NBA should just cancel its season um, because, like, the season is going to mean anything if they come back, right? Like, the winner is going to – whoever wins, it's not going to be the same. It's not going to mean anything, um, which I think is just kind of a ridiculous take because um, they're still going to have to go through the gauntlet of, like, going through the playoffs, and they're still going to have to face the adversity of coming back cold uh, and, like, building up team chemistry and all that sort of stuff. Yes, it might not be the same challenges – that like a normal season might, you know, a team during a normal season might encounter. Uh, but to say that there aren't any challenges or hurdles or obstacles at all, I think is totally absurd uh, and would be a silly reason for the NBA not to consider coming back. Obviously, there are legitimate reasons for maybe not coming back, but that uh, is not one of them. Yeah, like the NFL had a whole replacement season, right? With, an, with one of the lockouts. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 Which is still a legitimate season. Still a legitimate season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my waste of data is that meme that's been going around of like, what do you think of when you see this picture? Have you guys seen this? Uh, on oh, yeah. yeah. I hate first, them. First person it's so, so obnoxious. First person. Yes. It's just like a, a like sick, um, I guess kind of clever, but like very obvious way of just like getting engagement with your like Twitter account, like boosting your, your cloud online. It's Facebook leeching into Twitter. And those two (laughs) things, it's like, we're going to, there's going to be a chemical explosion because something awful is going to happen because those are two terrible sites that when you combine them become this fourth other thing. All of, uh, all social media is just going to like, eventually recede into the Facebook singularity of awfulness. That's where we're destined to end up. And uh, I mean, yeah, like I know we're, we're desperate for content, but we can do better than that. Also on this day, I've I've had the on this day content. uh, Like those tweets are kind of getting old too. Really on this day, Alan Iverson became MVP. It's an amazing thing. David Stern made the answer MVP. I think that was the, the tweet from the Sixers account. I don't know. Okay. It seems a little late. Is that really? Is this really when they normally award that? That? Yeah, because this would be like uh, conference finals. That's so sad. That just made me sad to think about. This uh, would be like the NBA NBA conference finals. Yeah, you know, it'd be the the Sixers playing the Raptors, playing the Bucks, probably. Sixers playing the Bucks. Oh. The on the state with the Kawhi shot, though that was that was a, a nice like mm, just twisting the knife. 
Uh, anyway, uh, that's it. You guys have anything else? That's all I had. It's good to be back. It's good to talk to you guys again. Uh, Never that's... left, Jeff. Never left. I've been podcasting <laughs> by myself every week. Um, just, <laughs> I sit in the corner and I put my headphones on and my wife, I talk to myself and my wife thinks I'm podcasting. So. <laughs> that's the one hour a week that John has to himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the show. Uh, thanks for returning with us. We will uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep this up as much as we uh, are able to within our new realities and within the um, time that we have. But it's always fun to get back together. Uh, check us out on uh, social media. Let us know what you thought. And we'll be back uh, sometime in the future. And until then. Dope. So-